to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe, Louis Goldberg, and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. Today, Ann and Nick are speaking to Saul Clahane, Vice President and General Manager for U.S. Regions for Canopy Growth. Saul comes from a consumer products background with substantial beverage experience with companies like Coca-Cola, Brown Foreman, and Pernard Richard. Anna and Nick speak to Saul about her move over to the cannabis industry, as well as the recent launch of their Martha Stewart line of CBD wellness products. Have you ever wondered what it's like to work with Martha Stewart? You can find out in this episode. Now on to the conversation. Saul, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're really excited to have you. Um, So no day in the cannabis industry is typical. I think we all know that pretty well by now. Can you tell us about your role at Canopy and what a typical day is like for you? Gosh, you were so right. There isn't really a typical day. I, I, you know, I, I put my calendar together and then by the end of the day, I go, oh my gosh, what just happened? Do you hear it laughing at you sometimes? Yes. <laughs> yes. It makes fun at me. Actually, I, um, I joined the company back in December and the role I was hired for was basically leading the sales organization and leading it meant building it because we didn't have one. Um, We only introduced our very first product to the U.S. back in December. So I was really starting from scratch. Um, But I was also hired at at an incredibly um, interesting time because we were in between CEOs. So Mark Zalukin was leaving and David hadn't been announced yet. But um, so so I joined in this in-between time. And from that time to when David came, um, there were a lot of you know, changes. And I was offered the opportunity to run the U.S. as as the leader for the U.S. at that time uh, retired. So I, I treated the role as if it was mine. And I'm grateful that I was offered the opportunity to um, stay in the, in the role of leading the U.S. business uh, a couple of months ago. And it's it's been super exciting. Uh, you're right. It, there's no day that is the same. Now your background is, you know, a little bit more beverage, wine and spirits, CPG type stuff. Can you talk about what called called you to the industry or what made you interested in cannabis? You know, um, it wasn't a hard leap. When you come from beverage alcohol, you understand that consumers are really looking for, in many cases, mood modulation or opportunities to, um, you know, uh, socialize and or relax or really get ready to party and when you look at cannabis uh you know there's there's really two swim lanes one is health and wellness and one is uh social recreational and i really didn't see much of a difference on the social recreational side than what you know beverage alcohol offers consumers today what really appealed to me about making the the changeover is the health and wellness aspect there's a whole new opportunity around cannabis that is yet to be tapped on the potential, not only for for the plant and and all that it has to offer, um, but this health and wellness aspect is just, uh, I think, really, really promising, especially as our scientists discover more and more uh, capabilities of the plant. How did your 
I guess just to expand on that a little, how did your past experience prepare you for the cannabis industry and how did it maybe not prepare you? Um, you know, we love talking about learning from mistakes. So if you have any words of wisdom, um, we would, we would love to hear them from you, but you know, they are, they are so similar, like you just said, but they are also so very different. Um, can you just talk about how, how, yeah, your past experience prepared you for this? I, uh, I tell you, that's a, that's a really big question because, you know, every role that one takes, they hope to uh, build off their experiences. The fact that, uh, that I had a beverage alcohol background coming into uh, Canopy, I tell you what, the, the learning curve on the regulation and, and um, being in such a regulated industry certainly helped. I didn't, I wasn't starting from ground zero. So uh, that was a tremendous benefit. Um, but I tell you, it's, it, there's a lot of uh, similarities, as you said, with respect to uh, consumers and retailers and category management and all those things. And so being able to take all those sort of commercial disciplines in roles that I've served in the past and apply them here, uh, I think has really um, helped me not only adapt, but um, provide real leadership in an industry and a company that is uh, so young and so emerging. And it's, it's been fascinating to go from an experience of a uh, you know, well-oiled machine, if you look at some of the companies I've worked for, Coke, Pepsi, Brown Foreman, Pernod Ricard, they're well-oiled brands, very established. And then to go to an entrepreneurial environment where we're building things from scratch. I know what success looks like and, and building it all is, is super, super exciting. I feel like I've, I've learned something that I never would have thought I would have had the opportunity, which is, you know, really to build something from scratch. You did, you you did touch on something that is always sort of a tough question to answer. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those that I sometimes see, you know, as it was like interviews, like what mistake did you make and how did you from it? So, you know, I, I can give you that, uh, that, you know, that uh, interview answer, but listen, in all sincerity, um, as a leader, uh, you're constantly honing your leadership skills. And for me personally, on my own leadership journey, one of the things that I've worked very, very hard on is authenticity. Um, because there's a bit of vulnerability that's very difficult to show as a leader sometimes when, when you may not know the answer or you don't have experience in a particular area, it's okay. And I think previously, you know, um, often being uh, a, a a different looking person in the room, the last thing you want to do is amplify something you don't know, right? And so learning to have confidence about things you do and don't know is a leadership lesson that I've learned and it's, and it's suited me well. I feel very comfortable saying, I don't know that answer. Let me go find out more. Um, and I think that that makes you know, leaders more approachable when, um, when they're more authentic and genuine. I want to build off that um, because I, I think your leadership in this role is, is really important because as you noted, um, you came kind of, came into the company at kind of a precarious moment where there's the executive leadership uh, changes there. But you also came on just a few months before the COVID-19 pandemic hit and just the scrambling that, you know, every company had to to take just to be able to 
you know, survive and figure out how to navigate that. Can you talk about what you've been doing from a leadership standpoint to, to keep everything um, moving and continued to build since you joined in December? <laughs> yeah, I don't think global pandemic was necessarily in the job <laughs> interview questions, I have to assume, right? <laughs> I think that's going to be a future one. How do you respond in a, in a pandemic? Um, yep. Oh, my gosh. I tell you, well, the, the U.S. business was quite interesting um, because when COVID hit, we were literally just just building, right? I mentioned that we had introduced our first product, which was first and free back late, late December. And I think we were really just, you know, building um, a business around that. And then um, Martha, which we launched September 10th, was just uh, an explosion. And so as you look at the time it took for us to build a sales organization and build capabilities and build systems and all those things, we were, we were, um, you know, given the opportunity to do that with probably more focus, knowing that the COVID basically shut us down. So it really helped us focus. So ironically for us, um, it allowed us to build some things before we went big. Uh, but it also delayed some things because, you know, as we were trying to go out and sign up customers, they weren't taking appointments. Like, uh, it just basically the world shut down. And so it really kind of delayed some of the expectations we had in terms of uh, getting customers on board. But now that uh, buyers are taking calls and there's a, so much interest in the uh, CBD space, uh, we're, we're really starting to make some headway and very, very excited about, uh, about the future. Well, let's jump to the Martha question that we had. You guys, you know, you mentioned the the huge launch of her CBD wellness line of gummies. Uh, I guess gummies, soft gels, and tinctures. Uh, they look amazing, by the way. The packaging is beautiful. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that partnership and the genesis of it? And how did Canopy and Martha find each other? I love when she tells this story. Um, you know, she was engaged with Canopy, uh, I want to say, at least two years ago. And she really was brought to Canopy um, with her partnership with Snoop Dogg. And um, when when Mark and uh, Martha spoke, they really talked about the potential of CBD and that immediately resonated with her. She's always been a forward thinker. Many times she's uh, the first or ahead of her time. And uh, she, she really embraced uh, CBD and all the wellness attributes. And she thought that uh, this would be a really, really good partnership. And she jokingly says, uh, you know, we leave the THC to Snoop and, and uh, I'll, I'll manage the CBD side. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, if you had asked me, you know, how would you feel about meeting Martha Stewart? I would say, oh my God, I, I would love to meet her one day. I think she's probably one of the most successful businesswomen uh, with lots of longevity to then say, you're going to work with her. It, it's, it's amazing. And so the development of this product, um, she's got her fingerprints all over it. Everything from the product taste to the granularity, the sugars that are that hug the gummies uh, to the level of intensity and flavor that comes through on the, on the tinctures to the packaging itself. She's intimately involved um, with the creation and um, the creativity and the recipe and everything. And it's been, I think, a huge success. And I think that's the difference between, you know, celebrities that potentially just want to get in the business and blend their name versus someone who is a complete advocate 
uh, for the industry, for the product and for uh, the benefits. You know, you mentioned her fingerprints are all over this. It does have, it, it is very elegant. It is very sophisticated. And as Nick and I were thinking up questions here, we were thinking about who this line is for and how you're educating customers who may feel intimidated by this, this relatively new product category. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh gosh. Yeah. I think you've hit on something incredibly important as to the, to the why, you know, why, you know, why are we interested in, in Martha? And there's a lot there. So, so first is, you know, if you read the brand marketing plan and you go through the decks, it'll say female between 45 and 65. And yes, that's true. But the fact is Martha transcends a lot of, um, you know, generations of, of, of kids, really uh, does. Of, of consumers. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at, just her popularity rise during COVID. She's like yes. a rock star. <laughs> her drink mix. I mean, I am, I follow her on Instagram and I mean, she's one of my go-tos for sure. Oh, totally. <laughs> and, and she's so fun and she is very authentic. Yeah. Um, and you know, her appeal is so much greater than just that demographic that's put on a, on a marketing page. I mean, I have a 16 or 15 year old daughter, although she wishes she was, she was 16. Um, <laughs> She just is uh, fascinated with Martha and, because she is really, so yeah, absolutely. Huh. Um, she's hip and she's um, fun, and she's. I think she really embraces education, and that's why we think she's such a great um, brand for us. I think she provides a lot of permissibility for people who have been intimidated by the category or don't understand, and a brand like Martha that has trust. Martha, who is a uh, well-read, incredibly informed, um, you know, she she really, I think, opens up the door for many who've been very um, curious about CBD and looking for permission to engage in the category. I want to talk a little bit more about the exact products that you guys are making. Like, obviously, your background is really into the beverage space. So I'm wondering, you know, how do you see CBD beverages kind of being able to permeate and become and continue to rise in popularity. You know, um, what's fascinating is my life in beverage goes back. Um, I hate saying this a couple decades, but you know, when I was on the soft drink business, there weren't, there wasn't a lot of competition and suddenly, uh, I think that first one's like Canadian mist or something opened. And there was just this huge appetite for beverages and versatility. And now, um, you know, more of the latest trends have really been around function. Like what function does a beverage provide? And so consumers, I think, are very used to beverages uh, being a means of consuming some kind of benefit or addressing some sort of uh, need. And so it's a very natural space for us to develop really quality, great tasting beverages. And we're going to be excited when, when we launch. But from a consumer standpoint, I think they're, they expect it, right? Um, beverages have always been associated with, uh, you know, hydration and wellness and, um, you know, nutrients and those kinds of things. And so I think it's a very natural space for us to get into and, and grow. How does the, you know, you guys made such, such news uh, years ago when, um, you know, Constellation came to the table. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship and, and how it's going to foster the next 
level of growth uh, in the U.S. industry? You know, we are so blessed uh, to have our arrangement with Constellation because I think it, it does a couple of things. One is, you know, David came from there and I think bringing some of the disciplines around, you know, big corporate business to an emerging business that has so much potential, I think has really provided us great focus from a, from an operation standpoint. And so we, we have that benefit. The second is, um, you know, Constellation has built incredible brands. They've defied categories and, and, uh, they're doing the same in this space as well. They've seen the potential of cannabis. And frankly, it, it, it opens up us being more of a CPG kind of company because we have uh, cannabis products and non-cannabis products. And so it, it gives us an opportunity to provide more breadth to engage with consumers. And then the last thing is they have a tremendous route to market. And as we look at uh, a, a space that's somewhat regulated and some of the things you need to, to know about going to market that way. Um, we've benefited greatly from uh, just doors that open up because we have, uh, you know, a, a path, right? And, and relationships that Constellation helps us open doors. So we're very excited about that advantage and uh, and that security, quite frankly. They, they're investing in us and, and it's been, um, um, I I'd say a competitive point of difference as many other companies are doing whatever they can to survive. Uh, we're doing everything we can to, to grow and invest in the future. And so um, with, with Constellation, that, that's definitely a, um, an advantage. One thing I want to also touch on, because I, I think you're absolutely right, having the advantage of, of Constellation on your side is really preparing you to, you know, be able to get all your ducks in a row now, but also in the long term, you're going to have, that's a really valuable strategic partner that's going to help you navigate these waters. And so I'm wondering, you know, looking at where the legal market is in the U.S., how do you see that evolving in like the short, medium, and long term? And how are you going to lean on Constellation to you know, navigate those, those changes, uh, amongst the U S marketplace. You know, that is such a crystal ball question, right? Like, um, <laughs> you know, there's so much happening legislatively and we get excited about, you know, something that could happen like the more act. Um, and then, you know, um, it, like anything in politics, the wind, uh, changes. And now that we're in election year, there's, there's so much to, to, uh, that, that's at stake, right? And so as we think about the future, you know, David's talked about this, he sees uh, an opportunity for prohibition ending in the next, you know, three to five years. And when you think about that, it's going to be important for us to be ready. And as we get ready, uh, you know, the company is invested in, you know, um, footprints in the U.S. with our, with our acreage uh, deal. But for now in the U.S., we're very, very focused on CBD and health and wellness and building that, that part of our business um, with a very keen eye on what the future could hold for us. I mean, the states have spoken. So many of them have spoken. The consumer has spoken. Uh, you know, the, the country is ready for legalization, safe, regulated legalization. And uh, we just need our legislators to get it together so that uh, we can provide jobs and we can um, uh, provide benefits for so many consumers that are looking for it. Amen. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, there are far, far, far too few women in leadership positions in this industry. And and I want to ask my question. I want to split my question into two parts. Um, One, do you think as more talent like you migrates over to cannabis from other industries that that will change? Uh, and the second part of that question is, you know, you mentioned you had a daughter. How do you talk to her about uh, becoming a leader in this in this era? I mean, having a 15 or 16 year, 15 years old wants to be 16 really soon. Um, you know, how do you how do you navigate that today? That is such a great question. I uh, to, to the first part um, in every company I've worked for. I have uh, seen some little progress on diversity. And I would tell you, it's not just women. It's as much people of color. And being a woman of color, uh, I would argue that there's lots of opportunity in that space as well. And so um, for the first part, I, I would say this industry has a real opportunity right now Uh, to be leaders in um, diversity. We have uh, so much stigma around the industry and uh, corporations that have profited off the backs of of folks and and unjust laws on the books that have um, disproportionately impacted people of color. And so we have a responsibility, quite frankly, to be very, very mindful about that. And so we must do more around uh, recruiting and supporting and developing women and people of color, not only in our industry, but in every industry. But I just think we have a real golden opportunity in our industry. And I'm super happy about uh, the work that Hillary Black is doing, um, our chief advocacy officer. Uh, and, and we're making commitments uh, to, to advance in that uh, space. and. Um, I'm happy to be one of those that is helping to lead that as well. The, the second part of your question, which is around, you know, my daughter, I'm, I'm just um, so optimistic for her because, you know, just her learning about what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did for women and, uh, you know, the future, she's growing up in, in a different era. She's growing up with a mom that has a, corporate career that, uh, you know, sees things that are happening that are unjust. And I think she's, um, she's in a much better place, although we have a long ways to go. She understands what it means to fight uh, and, and not just accept norms. And trust me, she challenges me every day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that comment on 16 is like, I want a car, but no. Uh, you know, so I think, it, you know, she's got a lot of um, uh, strength to draw from um, pioneers like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and and others that have paved the way for us. So, so you've been incredibly generous, like giving us a, I think, great perspective into what Canopy is doing here in the U.S. But what can you tell us that's most exciting for you for, you know, the rest of 2020 and what you guys have planned for 2021? What What is like getting you really amped up that you guys have been working working on for a while? Oh, there's just so much promise. The innovation pipeline is so incredibly exciting. Uh, and our partnership brands uh, like This Works, uh, bringing that brand from the UK to the US and, and really building that out is super exciting. 
Um, the work that we're doing with uh, BioSteel is super exciting. And, and then building off of Martha, I mean, uh, there's so much more runway with that. Uh, we're coming out with our um, pet products that are coming soon. And let, let me tell you, when people go back to work after COVID, these animals are going to need some stress. Oh, they're going to freak out. <laughs> there's going to be more separation anxiety and we're going to need to be able to provide some comfort to our pets. Um, but anyway, no, the, the future is very bright. And I tell you, I mentioned it earlier in our in our conversation, but um, there's so much yet to be discovered on the full potential of all the cannabinoids that are that are in the plant. That um, I think our scientists are doing remarkable work, and so I'm super excited about what the future holds, both short term and long term. Okay, Saul, it is time for the plug. Where can people learn more about, uh, let's just say Martha Stewart, and then let's say Canopy. Oh, we've got to visit uh, shopcanopy.com or marthastewartcbd.com. There we have not only the products, full portfolio that you can purchase, but also a ton of educational information around CBD and, uh, and how it can benefit you from a health and wellness perspective. Awesome. Saul, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, we hope to have you back soon. Oh, I'm so excited that you invited me. It's a pleasure and, and it's an honor to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And that was our conversation with Sol Clahane, Vice President and General Manager for the U.S. Region for Canopy Growth. As always, thank you so much for listening. Um, as Sol said, check out shopcanopy.com or find out more about Canopy at canopygrowth.com. Um, as we've been mentioning on our across our social channels, our newsletter is back up and active again. So visit our website to subscribe or shoot us an email at greenrush at kcsa.com. Um, communicate with us on our social channels, Twitter at the underscore green rush or Instagram at the green rush underscore podcast. Um, check out our YouTube channel. We've got new interviews coming up there every once in a while. So it's always good to keep an eye out on that. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to the green rush and your favorite podcatcher. That's one take Shay. One take.